0: Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a great time, sheltered in place. Uh, We're going to talk this morning uh, about relationships, whether you're single, whether you're married. We're going to talk about it. Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. You're going to be all right, but we're going there. Is that all right, fam? here we go. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But we've had a, a, a sharp increase in the amount of counseling that we have been doing. And so we decided to do this entire series just to equip you with the resources to help you walk through it, no matter how, how much longer we're in this shelter-in-place position. So we've got a we've got a, a, a unique website. I want you to go to Scott Visit1cc.com slash relationship resources. And we've got about four different resources that there that I think will be helpful to you as you go through this season. So if you're single, I need you to take some notes. Because this is where you're headed. If you're married and you're doing okay, I need you to take some notes because it's going to propel you forward. If you're married and you're, you're doing phenomenal, incredible, then I need you to be a coach and a mentor. So I need you to take some notes so you have some tools so you can give to others. If you're struggling and you're on the verge and you're not so sure whether or not y'all are going to make it, then this is just what the Dr. Jesus Christ ordered. And you're going to need to take it and you're going to need to start working through it as we go. So if you don't mind, let me pray for us. And then let's jump into what God has to say to us on today. Thanks so much for joining us. What a joy, what a privilege it is to have you with us on this Sunday. Let's pray, everybody. Father, thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your word that you have served up for us today. Will you take your word and will you penetrate every heart? May you find good soil so that it can take root and then grow. May the fruit of the Spirit uh, 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 blossom in the hearts and minds of every person that's listening, whether they're 15 years old or whether they're 95 years old. Will you, will you leap, allow the words of, of the Holy Book to, to leap off the pages and, and write them on our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. I want to read three passages of scripture. The first is found in Genesis, which you are very familiar with. And then I want to read one found in Proverbs, which you're not so familiar with. But I think you need to make sure you hide this one in your heart. So why don't you come with me? You know what? Just for the fun of it. You, well, usually when we're in church, you'd stand up. Can you stand up today for me, please? Just stand up. Let's read the word of the Lord. Ain't nothing magical about it. It's just, you know, sometimes you want to honor God in the reading of his holy book. So why don't you do that just on today? Uh, Why don't you stand and let's read the word of the Lord. Let's pick it up in Genesis chapter 2 and and, and see what he has to say to us today. Verse 20 all the way through 25. Then we're going to read Proverbs chapter 11 verse 29. Here we go. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. In the Bible, order is important. What happens first? first. Then what happens second? is very important. So if you're here and you're listening and you're a single man, I don't want you to miss it, that he was doing what God had called him to do, purpose, before God blessed him with a mate. Don't miss those, Don't mess those up. Don't find a mate, then your purpose. You find your purpose, then your mate. That ain't my point today, but come on with me. In the verse number 21, here's what it says. It says this, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. Next verse, verse 22. The Lord fashioned into a woman the rib, which he had taken from the man, and brought her to the man. Now, listen to what my boy Adam says when, when God brought, brings this woman to him. This is what you should say about your spouse. Here we go. Next verse. Uh, he get all excited and like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, this, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she, has, she was taken out of man. Next verse. Here's the verses I want you to highlight now. These two verses, or first part of our sermon is coming from these, Two verses right here. Number one, here we go. For this reason, a man shall, here's the first word leave, 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 leave. I've preached on this before, so you know this. Leave his father and mother. Very important word. Marriage is still struggling with this first word, leave. Then, number two, he says, and be joined to his wife. Second important word. You're leaving, and then you're going to be stuck like glue to somebody else. You're going to be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's the third important word, that you're going to leave, then you're going to join, and then the two are going to work it out so that now God's not going to see you as two anymore. He's going to see you as one. Here we go. Last verse, verse 24. 25. Here's what it says. And the man and his wife, here we go, were both naked and were not ashamed. That's the fourth word. They were naked and unashamed. There were no secrets. There were no nothing. They, they understood each other, knew everything about each other, and they were not ashamed. Four words that are vital to what we're going to talk about today. Then look at this next verse, and then we'll jump in and see what God has to say. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, run right about verse 29. I'm going to do a little bit of uh expository teaching here. So 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 take some notes on this one. Here we go. Proverbs 11:20 do not miss this. I need you to put an asterisk, get your Bible up, put a highlight on your phone, whatever you got to do, but you need to know this verse because it applies to every human being, every one of us. This applies to. Here's what the text says. It says, "He who troubles his own house will inherit wind." My mama my, my. And the foolish will be the servant of the wise hearted. Let me read it one more time, highlight a couple of verses for you. Don't miss this. He who, first word, troubles, when you bring drama to your household, to your kids, to your family, when you do that, what you will inherit is the wind. When you bring drama to your house, when you bring financial calamity to your house, when you bring emotional baggage, to your house, when you bring uh, foolishness into your house, when you bring when you bring uh, 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 all manner of evil to your house, here's what he says: You're going to inherit the wind. What's that mean? When 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 you bring it, you've been building stuff up for yourself. You've been trying to build a good inheritance for the future. But what he says is, when you don't control your anger. That's trouble. When you don't walk in the Spirit that's trouble. When you don't do that and you bring that into your house, then the stuff that you think you have laid up for yourself, you're going to be grasping for it and it's not going to be there. He's trying to help somebody today. He's saying be careful. He's saying protect this thing that God has given us called the family. And he's saying he wants you to know that you better be careful about what you bring into your house because the stuff that you think you're building, it, you're going to go for it and you're going to think it's there and it's not going be there because you're going to be grasping for stuff. You're going to be grasping for your bank account and the lawyers don't took your money because you got a divorce. You're going to be grasping for kids that are going to do well relationally, but because they didn't see you doing well relationally, then they're not going to be able to have the kind of relationships you want them to have. The text is helping us. It's saying, be careful, guard it, be, be wise with it. Because if you don't, if you don't, The stuff that you treasure the most, when you think it's available, it's not going to be there for you. That's a word for somebody. That's a word for all of us. Be careful. Let me preach to myself. No, let me preach to you. It's available for all of us. This truism, you better apply. But the second part is even more powerful. Watch the text. It says, and the foolish, that is, remember, I told you this already. Here's a fool and here's a wise. A fool sees danger and keeps on going. The, the wise person sees danger and turns. Some of you are walking right in danger right now. And God is saying, keep walking. Don't walk anymore. I want you to turn. Turn left, turn right, but turn. You cannot keep going. Here's what he says. The foolish, the one who sees trouble and keeps bringing it in the house, he says, the foolish will be the servant to the wise-hearted one. What's the wise-hearted one? The one who saw trouble and turned away. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody listen to me. Some young man, some young lady, I want you to listen to me right now. He says, you're going to serve the person that when they saw foolishness, they turned and walked away. The person who went straight through you're, all the stuff that you thought you were building up, you, somebody else is going to get it, and you going to have to now serve them. Now, ooh, that's a word for somebody on today, on today. So, so now, what does this look like practically, Pastor? How do, we, how, do we, how do we roll this out practically? Number one, here's what I want you to know. Just based on the text, not in your notes yet, don't bring trouble in your house. Hashtag, no trouble in my house. You don't, not your spouse, don't preach to nobody else. This is you, you don't bring trouble to your house. In other words, if you bring trouble into your house, you're gonna inherit the wind. Therefore, first hashtag, no trouble in my house. Number two, hashtag, here you go. Uh, No more foolishness, let's act wise. No more foolishness, cause if you keep see trouble and you keep going, then you're gonna end up in pain. He says, wise people, when you see it, you turn and you walk away. All right, so now, Pastor, why why are you telling us all of this? Why you read the Genesis passage? And then why do you read this passage? Because I have something that I think will revolutionize your life if you apply it. So here we go. Now let me lay it out for you practically so you will never forget it. My goal today is that you get this so well, you'll never forget it. You remember the movie, Oh, frozen, don't you? In the movie Frozen, you've got this young lady called Elsa, right? She's kind of like the, the ice queen, and, and she's got this unique gift, this unique ability. Uh, but but whenever whenever she gets mad, angry, or whenever she gets fearful, then she starts freezing things that should not be frozen. She uses the gifts, but she's using it in the wrong way. She's using the gift, but she's using it to free stuff that have no business getting frozen. I wonder today if when you get angry, you are freezing stuff that you have no business freezing. I wonder today if when, if when somebody somebody gets on your last nerve, if you start freezing relationships and walking away from them. I'm wondering today if the way you handled your last job is that you didn't leave well, and because you didn't, you have frozen some relationships, and now you don't get the benefit of those relationships being a blessing to you because of how you acted in that relationship. I wonder if your marital relationship relationship. It's struggling today because you have frozen aspects of your marital relationship and you've said to God, there is no hope here. And because you have, you've used in the gift of love that God has given you. And instead of using it to be a blessing to others, you have actually withheld that love and you have frozen some relationships. I want to talk to you today because I'm going to give you uh, a model that I think will revolutionize every relationship that you have. If you're here today and you're single, you need to listen up because your, your work relationships, your friend relationships, and the one you're heading into, your marital relationship, I'm just telling you right now, you better take more notes than the married folk because you get to do it right the first time. So come on with me and let's see if we can deal with this. So here's how I'm going to set it up today. He says, he says, he says, uh, God says, I have a dream for what this thing called marriage should look like. So he says, "I've got a dream for it. This is what it should look like." He has, he has, he has a goal for you. God says, "When when I designed this thing called marriage, I set it up with you in mind." And here's what he says. Go back to the passage, Genesis chapter two, verse twenty four and twenty five. Watch what he says, everybody. He says this. He says, "For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother." Why does he say that? Adam and Eve didn't have no daddy and no mama. So why does he say, leave his mother? Because he's not talking to them predominantly. He's talking to all of us. And he's saying, once you... You move to the direction of marriage. You leave those relationships and your marital relationship is now number one in your notes is now first B is now a priority. That's the priority. That's what God wants you to prioritize. He wants to prior- you to prioritize your marital relationship in terms of in your communication. He wants you to prioritize it in terms of romance. He wants you to prioritize this relationship, the unique one that he's given you. In other words, your kids come second. In other words, your your in-laws and your parents come second. Your job comes second. Your, your, your church comes second. He wants you to prioritize this relationship so that there is none other that that requires the attention that this one requires. That's what he's suggesting. You ought to leave and prioritize this relationship. Before you get married, he wants you to honor your mother and father, and he still wants you to honor them, but now you have started something brand new. So he says, make sure you're prioritizing it. Number two, he says, make sure, he says, and be joined to his, to his wife. In other words, you ought to make sure now you're pursuing your spouse more than anything else, more than anyone else. This needs to be, a. okay, you're not feeling me. Um, do you remember how you used to pursue each other when you were dating? He says, the same pursuit that you had when you were dating is the same pursuit I want you to have every single day in your marriage. I want you to run after him. I want you to run after her. I want you to, here we go, inconvenience yourself for them. I want you to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're in the honored position. That's what you did while you were dating. While you were dating, you made sure you looked the part. Every time they're going see, to see each other. You got a new fresh cut. You were looking fresh and you walked in and they were like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Right? You remember all that? Yeah. Then you still need to do that now. Why you stop? Because God says that this is supposed to be Not only a priority, but you need to be in pursuit of each other. The same pursuit you had before needs to be the same pursuit you have now. Number three, he says. Third one. This is God's dream for us. The third one then is after you prioritize, after you pursue, then he says, and they shall become one flesh. That whole issue is partnership. Now you're going to come together and the two ideas, the two visions, are now going to come and become one. So now you don't have two individual visions going in two different directions directions, you now have one vision coming together with one vision and moving seamlessly together, which means that's why you have to plan for that. That's why you have to go somewhere and sit down and talk about where we're going this year. This is a great time while you're sheltered in place for you to be dreaming together about where we're heading. But that means we have to take the responsibility, slow down a little bit and start talking about what do you see the future looking like? What do you see the future looking like? And then let's bring that together because he says, this is God's goal when you got mad, you didn't know all of that. I know you didn't, but now you know it. And so now you need to follow it. He says, make sure it's a priority. He says, number two, make sure that you're in pursuit of each other. Number three, he says, make sure you're in partnership. Here we go. Number four. Fourth thing he wants you to do. He says, and the man and his wife were naked and were not ashamed. Can you imagine? <clears throat> Nothing around us that each other don't know. Everything about us, all of us know. Here's what he says. He says, this is purity. He says, the differences were openly expressed. Every difference you had, you openly talked about it, and nobody felt, nobody felt belittled because of it. Nobody felt uh, afraid because of it. Everybody was open and willing to share whatever their differences were. They had unhindered intimacy. They were together, and they did not feel ashamed. And then there was sensitive areas were exposed without fear. There were areas that were exposed, and there was no fear of not loving regardless of what you found out. That's God's desire for us, naked and unashamed. So there's this purity. Therefore, that's why you have to be careful how you talk to each other. That's why you have to be careful how you support and love with each other. That's why you got to be careful how you interact with each other. There is, therein lies the problem. So this is a drink. So here's what it looks like then. Um, everybody knows what it's like, right? You have a basketball And you have one goal. The goal that you have is that you would make the basket. So God says, I've given you a goal, and the goal is for you to make the basket. Every morning you get up, you're teeing it up. Every morning you get up. That's what you're doing. You're trying to make the basket. Every morning, I got to make sure I prioritize her. So here we go. I got to prioritize her every single morning. Every time you do this, he says, come on, it's your job. Your job is to make sure you're pursuing her. So then, uh-oh, give me another one. Uh-oh, after, after you do it, you have to make sure you are pursuing her. Uh-oh, air ball. You have to make sure you're pursuing her. Another air ball. Listen to this. That's why sometimes you're not going to do it. And when you don't make the shot, then you say, I'm going to try again the next day. But you don't give up because you don't make the shot. You say, here we go again. Devil, you're a liar. You ain't going to make me not prioritize her. Let me prioritize her one more time. And when you don't make it, you still keep going over and over and over. Why? Because that's God's dream for you. And so your assignment is that you keep making sure you are prioritizing. Make sure you're in pursuit. Make sure the partnership, the two becoming one, is becoming a reality and then make sure that you you maintain the purity of that relationship. That's your assignment. Every person, singles please know this first. So if you have questions about the person now that you're not so sure, that they can maintain the purity or that they can maintain the partnership or that they can maintain the, the, the oneness and the priority, then why do you think it's going to change? That's God's dream. Now, here's the beautiful part. Whether your spouse is doing it or not, your commitment to God is that you'll do it every single time. Now, <clears throat> this week I had a, this week I had a, a wedding that I did. Courthouses are closed, they can't get into them, all that. So I said, hey, pastor, can you? Uh, we want to get married, but we don't have no certificate, we don't have nothing. I said, no problem. I said, here's why it's not a problem. Because God <clears throat> is the ultimate Supreme Court. And what you're really doing is you're co-signing in heaven before the lower courts ever have to sign anything. That's why what I say whenever I marry somebody, here's what you're going to hear me say. By the authority vested in me by God because that's the ultimate Supreme Court and recognized by the lower courts in Texas, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Here's what that means. That means your priority relationship is your one with Jesus. That's where you sign in your marital certificate is in heaven. That's why God sees you no longer as two, but as one. That is why you cannot go to the lower court to get a divorce because where you signed it off from was in heaven when you you stood before a preacher and he says, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You have been declared and written in the book in heaven that says this God don't look at them as two no more now look at them as one that's significant ladies and gentlemen that is why when people uh, about 18 percent of people get divorced for biblical reasons the the rest of them they're getting divorced because of inconveniences and feelings ladies and gentlemen when you make a covenant with God you're making it in heaven and no lower court None, no lower court can say that that's okay. Can I get a witness, somebody? Here we go. I'm getting somewhere. I mean, so that's the first part. Now, what is it, Pastor, that prevents us, what is it that prevents us from pursuing the four things that God has asked us to do? Well, whenever there's conflict and whenever there's communication issues, then The priority that's supposed to be there, the partnership that was supposed to be there, can't work. The pursuit that's supposed to be there can't work. Why? Because there is conflict, and that conflict now rubs against each other. And instead of the two becoming one, the two remain individuals. And God's saying, I'm going to show you how to handle that. And what I want to show you now is a model of how to handle conflict and communication. Five reasons. Top five reasons people get a divorce. You want to know them? I've told you this already. Top five reasons. Money, sex, communication, conflict, roles. People don't know the man's doing what the woman should do and the woman's doing what the man should do. Role issues, the top five reasons. Now listen, I want to tee up two of them, communication and conflict. And I want to show you how to handle those today with what, I to, with what I got. So look at your notes and there's a model there that I want you to take up and I want us to walk through on today. It says, how to fight fear in marriage. How to fight fear. I want to give you some some ground rules before you get in the fight. I want to give you seven ground rules, seven things you should never do. Now, all of us do them, but starting today, I want to give you seven things we should never do. These are Huge. I want you to get the resource page that we have. I want you to go there. I want you to print it off. I want you to put one on your refrigerator. Get some tape because y'all have fancy ones. No, no magnet don't work. So get some tape. Then I want you to put one in your bedroom on the mirror. Then I want you to put one in your car, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're home alone, whether you're, I don't care what you are. I want you to get one and I want you to put it. And I want you to teach your kids. I want you to teach them early so they don't have to fight through it. Like me and you have to fight through it because all of us do these seven starting today they're off limits the, 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 the referee's gonna blow the whistle you can't do it last, last caveat before I jump in listen um, this is not a weapon for you to weaponize this is not for you to tell the other person well you're doing this no this is between you and God so you hold the mirror up and you say, oh, I can't, oh yeah, I can't. oh yeah, I can't do that. This is not for you to tell the other person, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. I am telling you, I solemnly declare that I will never use it as a weapon against somebody else. That's what you need to commit to right now, because I know what you're going to do. You're going to say to God, God, I know this ain't from you, because he or she is not doing what the preacher told me to do. Don't get me involved in your conversation. You need to go back to the Bible, which is why all of them have a first for you to Reply, go back to the Bible. Okay? So you cannot use it as a weapon against your spouse, the person you're dating, or your future mate. Here we go. Come on now. Number uh, number one. Well, one more thing before I go there. I gotta set this up. There are three reasons that the Bible allows. God hates divorce. There are three reasons He allows for divorce, but He hates it, He doesn't like it, He doesn't want it. But but when there is unrepentant sin then he says, okay, I'm allowing this, okay? That's a whole nother teaching I need to do sometime later. There are three reasons. They all start with an A. Number one, for adultery. Number two, for abuse. Number three, for abandonment. Number one, for... Abuse, physical or emotional, uh, Romans 12, adultery, Matthew and Matthew 19, and abandonment, 1 Corinthians 7, 14 and 15. Now let me help you out, family. Let me help you out. All of this is at the resource uh, deal, so visit 1cc.com. Uh, forward slash, and then it says something like uh, resource resources for you. They're putting it in the chat right now so you can use it, okay? So I want you to go there, and I want you to put all these resources down, and you're going to have to use it again. So uh, three reasons. Now, now, ladies, men, if you're being abused, if you're being abused, physical abuse, if you're being abused, you have no right staying in that house and allowing that to continue. None. Your assignment is to get a separation and to see if the person can get healed, get well, so on and so forth. All three of these, listen, listen, all three of these, you can't give yourself a divorce. Y'all need to get over that. First Corinthians chapter 5 tells you, you have to get a bill of divorce from the church. And so on the, on, the, on the resource page, we have a form that you can fill out if you're seeking a bill of divorce, but don't get mad with the church. If the church tells you, you don't have a biblical reason for it, but we're going to teach the Bible up in here and we're going to live according to the word up in here. So your assignment then is to make sure that you are living according to the word of God. So this is all before I get into these, because some people will stay in a bad, abusive situation instead of walk out, and then the other person will use Jesus as the covering. If he he or she is beating you up, you have no business being there. Can I get a witness somebody? Can somebody say amen right now? You need to walk out, go find somewhere else to stay, but you must not allow someone to do it. That's enough. Let's move on. All right. So now let me give you these seven. Everybody else, these seven, here we go. Number one, number one, here we go. First thing, you must, you must never rank, never rank, never compare yourself. You, you, you've done this, I've done this, you've done this. Here are the seven things that we struggle with in conflict as to why we can't make the goals daily, the basket daily, that God has called us to make. There's seven of them. Number one, you must refrain. You must never compare each other. You do this all the time. I do it all the time. He said, Why can't you be like, or you say, Have you seen how, have you seen what they did? And you compare your spouse to what somebody else is doing. You, you bring the phone up and you, you go on social media and you see this dude have, did his whole yard. He mowed his yard. It's looking all good. He edged it up. And you come to your husband talking about, Hey, uh, did you do, wow, don't you think this is beautiful? Guess what? He didn't hire nobody. He did it himself. Why you ain't doing it yourself? Uh huh. That's what you all the time. You can't do that anymore. Never rank. We do it in three categories. We do it with our peers. We do it with our parents. This is what my parents, this is what my mama used to do. So that's why I'm doing it this way. Why your mama didn't do that for you? Uh huh. Uh, the third one is your past. And you compare what your ex used to do with what your current spouse is doing now. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the, the idea of comparing, the only person you could be, should be comparing to is Jesus Christ. Not, not anybody else, not any other human being. You ought to be comparing to Jesus Christ. So your, your assignment then is to not focus on what somebody else is doing. Focus on what you need to do personally, not what the other person needs to do. If you're going to have a conversation, then let's talk about it. If you can't have the conversation, then you know you need to go get some help and some counseling so you can work it out. But if you're going to go after the four goals that God has for us, then you have to never, ever, ever compare. Why? Because when you compare, then you cannot be prioritizing. You should prioritize this relationship. But when you compare, why can't you be like that person? Then you're not prioritizing them. Number two. Number one is never rank. Number two says, never reprimand. Never condemn. Never say to the person, hey, I don't know why you're like this. Here's what we usually say. Words like this. You always, you never, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. <clears throat> uh, what you ought to say is something like this. Not, not you don't. What you ought to say is, hey, this is how I feel uh, about what you just did. Would you mind not doing that again? That's a different deal than saying you, all, you are always late. Really? Always? Really? You never, ever, ever spend money wisely. Really? It's your kids. Never? You never, and you do that all over and over and over again. And because we do. I don't know about you, but I do this one all the time too. You use, the, you use those words that reprimand condemning or, or, or reprimanding. And the idea from, first, from Ephesians chapter four is that nothing unhealthy, unwholesome should come out of your mouth. Number three. Number one is rank. Number two is reprimand. Number three is never require, never require, never require, or never command. I demand you end this right now. You don't try, don't try to be your spouse's parent. When you require them, when you demand them, you're trying to be their parents. Let me, let me talk about this for a moment. Do you know that you have these one up, one down relationships? So most people don't know how to live as peers. They either know how to be the parent or they know how to be the the kid, but they don't know how to be a peer. And somebody today needs to go learn how to be face-to-face where it's give and take and so on. Most people only know I'm in charge, you're not, or you're in charge, I'm not, but they don't know how to live this way. And when you marry somebody like that, Don't focus on them right now, focus on you. Are you like that? When you marry somebody like that, that's the reason why they don't know how to give and take they don't know how to prioritize you in the relationship and make sure they're in pursuit of your needs. When you're in pursuit of somebody, you're serving them, you're giving them. You're saying, I exist to serve you. You you one author calls it, you're running to the back of the line to see how you can serve the other person. When you're doing that, that's a peer relationship because both of you are trying to outserve each other, which is what happens in the Trinity. They're always trying to out-serve and out-love and out give each other. That's how the The two become one. Excuse me. That's your assignment. And you cannot, therefore, command. You cannot speak down to. This is not your child. This is an equal peer with equal value to who you are. Number one then, say them with me. You never rank. You never reprimand. You never require. Here's what all of us do. You never retaliate. Retaliate excuse me, uh, you never retaliate. That is, you know you do this because I do this all the time. <clears throat> you never say to yourself, self, um, when I see my spouse doing something, you say, uh, I know what they did and I'm going to get you for that. I'm going to punish you for that. I'm going to, you go you wish you never did that. You ever do that? <clears throat> we do it in, uh, let me give five, let me give five areas we do this with. <laughs> Number one, ladies, you do it with sex. Pause for effect. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you do it with sex. You say, I'm not, well, okay, you can do that all you want, but don't come in this bedroom and leave me alone. Don't touch me. I'm good. Leave me alone. Why? Because you, you weaponize sex because you say, well, since you did that, I'm going to do this. Number two, you would do it with money. Here's what we say. We say, since I can't trust you with the money you got, then I'm just not going to give you no more. Men, we do that all the time. If, if you're the main breadwinner in the house, you say, well, since you can't manage a little, I'm not going to give you much. And then you use Bible to do it. Instead of having a peer-to-peer discussion, that's what you end up doing. We do it with sex. We do it with uh, money. We do it with We do it with divorce. You say, once the, once the big D word comes up, you say something like this, I can't believe you do this, I'm leaving. And you weaponize divorce. And you say, I'm, I don't care what you say, I'm not going to do it. Once you go into the issue of retaliate, then you're not becoming a partner. You're violating that one. So don't try to make that basket every day because you're not going to make it because now you're threatening your spouse. The other one we do is emotional withdrawing. We emotionally withdraw from the person, and we say, well, I'm just going to go in another bedroom, or I'm just going to leave for a couple of days, or I can't be bothered with you anymore because I am frustrated with who you are and what you have done to me. And you try to emotionally distance yourself so they can feel the pain. What you're doing is you're punishing them, but you're doing it in a sophisticated way. You see what I'm saying? You know you do this. Sex. Uh, we do it with sex, <clears throat> money, divorce, emotional connection. Last one is no peace. <clears throat> you say this all the time. <clears throat> if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Listen, everybody, listen. <clears throat> that ain't biblical. Mama, that ain't biblical. <clears throat> you're using peace as a weapon in the relationship, which means you don't have partnership. You have a one-up relationship, which is I'm going to show you that you're going to do a way or else. That's unhealthy. That means you can't enjoy partnership. That means you can't enjoy purity. You're not protecting. You're being careless with the relationship God's blessed you with, which is why it becomes that important for us to do. All right, let's move on. So we have never rank. We have never reprimand, never require, never retaliate. Here's the next one. Then we have never reduce. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Never Reduce. I did you, you, you shouldn't reduce your spouse. What does that mean? Don't treat them as inferior. In other words, <coughs> wife, if you make some more, if you make more money, <coughs> excuse me, hold on. Thank you guys for bringing this up here. <coughs> That's so much better. Here you go. Come get this. See what you have. <coughs> see what you do when you have a set. You just can tell them, come get it. You that? That's perfect. Anyways, thanks, fellas. Um, never reduce. In other words, don't treat the person as inferior. If the wife works and makes more money, then you can't treat the dude as as some little doormat that you walk upon and, and order him around. Come on, they're not inferior. They are your peer. Just because you're using your gifts in one area, they have other gifts. If if mom is a stay home mom and she's then you can't treat her as inferior. What she's doing is equally important, perhaps more important than what than what you're doing. And yes, you're making you're the breadwinner, so you're doing your thing. I get that. And yes, she's the homemaker and she's uh, creating the future for your family and for your inheritance. And so you've got to treat each other as spirits. You can't treat her as inferior. So you cannot reduce each other because if you do, then you're not going to make the basket because you're going to violate purity. You're going to violate priority. You're going to violate partnership. You see how they connect everybody? Let's keep going. Next one. Refute. That is refute. That means, um, um, contradict. You you don't contradict the person. You don't interrupt the person. You don't cut the person off. You don't you don't you don't cut them off in the middle of the sentence. Uh, we're not listening. We don't care what you have to say. Do you realize that when we talk, we talk about 150 words per minute? Do you realize that when we listen, we listen to about five, 650 words per minute? That means there's 500 words in there for us to be bored you realize that? Say so never minute, you got about five. Which means, when you're interacting with each other, when there's a conflict, here's what you do. I do it all the time too, just like you. You start listening, and then if they're saying something that's not true, you stop listening, and you start thinking, because of the 500 words, now you're bored. You start thinking about, well, what is my next argument, and how am I going to get back at them once they say what they're going to uh, finish and when they complete their sentences. My point to you is, if you live in the area of as soon as they some say something that pushes a button on me, I'm going to attack them again, then you are violating priority. You're violating partnership. You're violating pursuit. And you're violating purity. All of them. You're violating every last one because you're trying to get your way with this deal. And then, and then the last one. Is it one more? Yeah. The last one is uh, never recycle. Never recycle. Recycle. You do this. I do this all the time. Here we go. Ready? You ready? You ready? Recycle is when you find out that you're losing in the conflict and you go back to something that happens five years ago, four years ago. And you say, well, since I'm losing this one, let me get some more ammunition from another argument we had that I won, And let me bring this back in here. That's when you start telling them about how they just like their mama and ain't nothing going to change. That's when you start bringing stuff up where it's your strength and you bring it up in the situation to use it against them. Ladies and gentlemen... I want you to print this, and I want you to put it on your refrigerator, bathroom window, and in your car. And you must know, whether it's your work relationships, whether it is your marital relationships, whether it is your kids' relationships, whether you need to teach your kids, I need you to know that as a family, we're going to say, here are the rules that we never do. If you're going to accomplish the goals, if you're going to accomplish them, and not create any of these relational fouls, You should get the whistle blown at you every single time you violate them. Now, remember I told you, you can't do this for the spouse. You can't do this for the other person in the relationship. You can only do it for you. This is your self-reflection that you're asking God to help you With this, can I get a witness? Somebody that's your job, all right? No, let's conclude and then we're done. We went through all seven uh, seven relational fouls to avoid. That's what these are. We went through all of them. Now, let's turn the page and let's end with this conflict. There are four things I want to give you, and then we're done with this conflict resolution. Here they are, all four of them. If we're going to move in a healthy direction to make sure that we hit the shot every single time, here we go. Number one. If you're gonna if you're gonna avoid the nevers, the relational fouls, then you've got to confront in a loving and positive manner. But some people don't know how to do that. Some people, because of your history, you're saying, Pastor, you don't know who I'm dealing with. If you knew who I'm, de- then you need to go get some help. That's all. Oh, no problem. Then you need to go get some help. Go get some help. Call the counseling office and get some help. Call one of our pastors. We have. 10 of them now, go get some help so that you can together work on it because the stakes are too high. The kids are watching. Most importantly, Jesus Christ needs you to model a healthy relationship. By the way, do you know that your marital relationship is a reflection of your relationship with Jesus Christ? It really is. The way you love your spouse is a reflection of how you and God are relating with each other. (laughs) Tweet that. Uh, uh, because, Because it is that relationship that you use. As much as God has forgiven you, you ought to forgive them. So when you're setting a environment, you ought to remember that as you create this environment for your relationship with your spouse or with your significant other, you must remember how God created an environment for you to be loved by him. Number two, he says, number two, you ought to complain, but don't criticize. What does that mean? Complaining focuses on, here is what I have a concern with. Criticizing, focus on, you're the problem. You must make sure you're sharing your thoughts about how, why it's hurting you or why you're pained, you are experiencing pain, and you must not criticize, make them the problem. Attack the issue, not the person. Say that with me twice. Attack the issue, not the person. Last time. Attack the issue, not the person. The goal here is that you will attack the issue, but not the person. See, number three. Let's go to number three first. Number three says, listen to your spouse and believe them. Listen to your spouse and believe them. Let me show you what we often do. Don't forget this. Here's what we often do. If you're not careful, you will come and you, we do this all the time. You will come and you'll say to your, uh, hey, your spouse is too, your spouse says, you're too hard on the kids. And here's what you do. You go to your bed with it because you're mad. Can't believe that. Blah, blah. They're too hot. I can't believe it. And then, and then you put it away overnight. You put it away. Here's another one. You do all of these. We do it. I do it. Uh, the, the spouse didn't buy me a birthday gift. You're going to put that away. Uh, spouse never cleans the house. You're going to put that away. The spouse is not affectionate enough. You're going to put that away. The spouse spends too much money. You're going to put that away. And what you do is you go to bed thinking that overnight. And you put them all away and you say, well, I don't know. No, the Bible tells you you shouldn't go to your bed angry. And here's what you do while you sleep. The enemy says... I'm going to switch what started out as not a big deal But by the time you get up the next morning, because he goes to work on your mind and because he wants to destroy the goals that God has for you for priority, for purity, for partnership, for pursuit, he wants to destroy those. When you wake up and if you make this go over and over and over again, without knowing it, the enemy is going to fill your thoughts with his thoughts. So it's going to come out after you go to bed, you kick it for a little while, then you're going to come out. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what's gonna look like when you come out. You remember on the white side what it looked like? Good. After you spend some time sleeping, what was it too hard on the kids is now or kids are going to hate us. You notice what he did. What started out as, my spouse works too much, now they're cheating on me. What started out as, uh, they spent too much money, now we're gonna lose everything and be homeless. That's all the enemy, he's just exaggerated, I thought, but because you didn't deal with the conflict, all of a sudden now, the enemy has multiplied it, so now you're attacking the person and choosing something that they never thought of, you never thought of, but the enemy inserted into your mind and all of a sudden, you don't care about those goals anymore that God had for your marriage. All you care about is now protecting yourself. What started out as uh, they're not affectionate, now they don't love me anymore. What started out as they, the spouse never cleans, now it's intentional. They're trying to upset me. What started out as my spouse didn't buy me a birthday gift, now they are trying to hurt me intentionally. Ladies and gentlemen, this happens all the time. And it's because we violate one of God's very simple rules. Don't go to bed with anger. Deal with it. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's go get some help about it. But let's make sure we're prioritizing the four four Ps and make sure that every single day we're trying to hit the basket and not using the nevers. Number four, the last one, and then we're done. That's why you got to forgive, and that's why you got to let it go. That's why you got to forgive. And that's why you got to let it go. Let me end with this story um, from uh, Elsa. You remember the story of Frozen, don't you? Elsa, um, she's go- she, she, she leaves this particular city because of fear and because of frustration. You remember this? She's angry. She's frustrated. She's fearful. She don't want people to know who she really is and all the gifts and stuff that she has. And so she, she leaves the city. But here's what, she, here's what happens when she leaves. She's not even aware of this, that when she leaves the city, The city stays in perpetual winter because she left. Her actions created damage on the city. Go back to first, go back to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29. Come here, let me show you. Come here, come here, come here, come here. here. Proverbs chapter 11, here's what it says. She didn't want to deal with her fears. She didn't want to deal with her anger. She didn't want to go get some help. And because she didn't, the city that she loved went into perpetual winter and she didn't even know it. I wonder today if some of your families are going through perpetual pain because of your decisions. And you're not even fully aware at the gravity and the pain that's being caused because of that. Here's what Proverbs said. Paul, uh, the proverb uh, uh, Solomon told us. Here's what he says. He who troubles his own house will inherit the win. You'll cause pain that you didn't even know. You will think you're storing treasures up and it won't be there. All because you brought trouble in that home. Will you go get some help on the issues that's causing the friction so that we never use the nevers and we always make the shot? Your assignment is to prioritize the four so that we never use the nevers And we never bring trouble into your house. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you today for who you are. Thank you today for what you have already done in the homes of every person that's watching us on the screen today. God, will you provide peace in every single house? Will there there be a refrain from using any of these nevers so that we can consistently pursue making sure we're prioritizing the relationships, making sure we are uh, in hot pursuit of each other, making sure we are uh, coming together as a partnership and making sure that we're maintaining and, and, and being extraordinarily careful about our purity. Will that be true in every household, God? Will, will these nevers be true in every relationship, every single person, every married person, every uh, uh, single again person? Will you make those nevers a habit in this house? We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Will you sing with me now right before we close? Here we go. Come on, let's sing together everybody. In Christ the Lord my hope stone, this solid ground, far through the fiercest drought and storm, what What heights of love, love, what depths of peace, when when fears are stilled, when shining seas, my comfort love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross- Ladies and gentlemen, this is not just behavior modification. I'm telling you right now, if you try to do these nevers, to refrain from doing these nevers, and you don't know Jesus Christ, it's going to work for a moment, and then you're going to stop. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm begging you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, you need to have one right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Christian and you're here and you're saying, okay, I'm going to try and do this, you must work on your relationship with Jesus. Because if you don't find your satisfaction in Him, then you're going to seek it in your spouse and you're going to be disappointed. So I'm begging you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, it first starts with loving Jesus more than anything else you could ever do. Because if that relationship is not right, you're only going to do these for a moment and then you're going to get frustrated again. You and I must find our satisfaction in Jesus and in him alone. So if you don't have a relationship with him today, we would love to have a conversation with you about that. So will you join us and just put in the chat, hey man, I want to learn a little bit more about Jesus. Just fill in that next steps form. Hey, I want to learn a little bit more about Jesus. If you don't have a church home, we're going to have a class next week where you can digitally join our church. So if you don't have one, we would consider it an honor for you to be a part of the body gathered here at One Community Church. And then, ladies and gentlemen, if you're doing this alone, if you're here in you're single or you're a couple and you're doing this alone I am pleading with you we've got a thousand we've got a thousand openings for people who want to be in groups we're about at 600 so we have 400 more we're pleading we somebody waiting on you right now to simply connect with you as a couple to simply connect with you as a single person to simply connect with you as a single parent if that's you then do not wait another moment I am pleading with you don't just sign up and say hey I want to get connected because I want to be a part of a body of believers like this so please, you want to make that decision, and then we have that resource page for you. If you if you want more resources, then all you have to do is there's a book there for you. If you want that, there's a there's this whole chart for you to print and then put on those places I told you to put them on. And so you have those resources. It's in the chat. Look at it right now, and you can go there and you can get all these resources. If you want to be a part of, or 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 see if your 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 divorce is legal biblically or not, then we have a church court that we do where you can uh, apply to it, and we'll tell you whether or not you have a grounds for biblical divorce all we want to do is do this thing right and do it the way God has called us to do it and our job is to facilitate that for you so will you please will you please just get connected will you please just fill out that form if you're a guest here oh my gosh what an honor thank you for coming Thank you for joining. Thank you for watching. Fill that out. We'll send you a gift. And couples, remember, we'll see you Friday. All our volunteers, we'll see you on Tuesday. or Our post-show is going to take it over. You don't want to miss it. They've got some pretty cool stuff. Take it away, Xavier. Take it away, Corey.